Unspoiled Fictions When the natives see you, the tourist, they envy you. They envy your ability to leave your own banality and boredom. Jamaica Kincaid The ease with which a place becomes an entry, searchlight, viewfinder, fantasy's aperture, smell of my lateral gazing, reach of the outsider's extravagant need, while I listened for the dialects, while I hunted down the night market's chewed lips, authentic encounters executed just so, extractions of color and details in the needed size, beauty kept simple and numbness hot, the contrast and the rot in the air are merciful. Nom Pen Diptych, Wet Season August, Chambered, City of a Million Young Faces A woman perches side saddle on a motorbike Another clutches stiff bread and leeks And how combed through this rain The riled heat reaches the river shoal before it reaches the dark There's new money lapping up these streets Thirsts planted beneath the shells of high-rises. Narodum Boulevard, flanked by stale bulbs, lets through a motorcade. In the back seat of a gold Lexus, a minister's son lies, his eyes shut, dumb with honeyed sleep. Fixtures. Slack lips of suitcases. Lukewarm showers up to three times in a day. Mosquito bites on the arms and thighs, pattern like pips on dice. An hour before midnight, the corners of the city begin to peel. Alley of sex workers, tinny folk songs pushed through speakers. Karaoke bars bracketed by vendors hawking salted crickets. How do eyes and ears keep pace? The zippered notes of bike engines enter through an opening in my sleep. My dreams sputtering out because of this. It's useless to describe the slurry of humidity or the joy of a fistful of rice, cradled in curry, but it's not that I'm at a loss for words. Every day I drink Coca-Cola and write ad copy. I'm in the business of multiplying needs. Today, it's whitening face lotion, whitening foam wash, whitening sunscreen. Across the seas, the copy can only read brightening. But here, things blanch. Desire makes beggars out of each and every one of us. Cavity that cannot close, that cracks open more distances. A man whose outline I know dives into a rooftop pool, rips a body-sized hole in it. Wanting falls around me, heavy garment. After clocking out, a group of telecom managers tear into durians, and now that the daylight turns vis viscous, a new wife buckles limbs with a foreign lover at the Himawari Hotel. Someone sweeps thick cockroaches from the floor, 
Someone orders oysters on ice. Even the rain sweats, unkempt like the rest of us. I enter a Wat Langpa to sit, to still the breath, studying out and in, out and in. Still, here in this country, something I can't ever enter. On the screen, glow of missives. Friends with pressed collars riding elevators. They pass in left lanes, laboring in the din of American cities. The stock market will dive spectacularly, but no one yet knows this. I'm still where I am, in conditions of low visibility. Why not wait until I've waited? Why out? The irony of the white building is lost on no one. It's a face repeatedly emptied by a fist. It hangs on by dirtied rag, by pure stubbornness. I've lived across from it, walked past neighbors gambling on Nokia phones held together by elastic bands, and grandmothers fanning coals to smoke fish. For my own apartment, I paid too much. In the kitchen, I catch myself in a pan of water, but there I am transparent. You could say moving here was a kind of hiding. The compass needle points to where nothing begins. I ride the cheapest forms of transportation. My sight carries me just as far. Yes, I'm tired of laundry soured by mildew. This lonesomeness turning over when it smells my approach. Rainwater mars the tin roofs, melts a sticky bun left in the alley. It worries down the final tips of daylight. How long will it be like this? Water growing out of water. The tourists curate vacation stories, days summed up in a few lines. Killing Fields tour, Samba the Elephant, in clotted street traffic, dusky complexioned children hesitant in their approach. How the viewfinder slices the horizon. Their pleasure is shrill, I agree. It knows little of how banality accrues with no visible evidence. I wake up one morning to find beauty suspect. Outside, a vendor hacks up a slab of ice while two teenaged boys wait for bags of crushed sugared cane juice on matching motorbikes. These commonplace nouns. A rain that chases the tail of my silence until sundown. Nompendiptic, dry season. Motorbikes starting, nattering horns leave an aftertaste. I mark the distance on a map. This city, a wrist width away from the last. Come sunrise, street dogs will turn their thoughts to wet foods. It's not easy to measure your life in debts. For years now, I've been using the wrong palette. Each year with its itchy blue, as the bruise of solitude reaches its expiration date. Planes and buses, guest house to guest house. 
I've gotten to where I am by dint of my poor eyesight, my overreactive motion sickness. 9 p.m. Hanoi's Old Quarter. Duck porridge and plum wine. Voices outside the door come to a soft boil. I sweat over plates of pork dumplings and watery beer. Can you fix this English? The Chinese restaurant owner asks, pushing a menu toward me. The men here chew toothpicks like uncles on both sides of my family. They talk with their mouths full. I translate what little I can. It's embarrassing. Just passing through, asks his eldest daughter as she turns away to the fan. My guilt goes off, then returns, wilder. For whom does it return? All I do is recede from the view of those at my back, heeding only the tug of the interior. It's not about the snare of need, though I forget why I came. Perhaps it's shallow sleep in the subtropics, my youthful ambitions wet and slack. I wring them out. I want to remember this, Though not without wistfulness, I hang my expectations out on a string. The city warms its tongue by not saying anything. Wooden spirit houses on the road to Kempot, spray-painted gold, capacious enough for a pot of incense, a rice bowl, and one can of Fanta. Noon, white hour. The outlines of bungalows in the distance, impossible to part the seen and unseen, what's here and what isn't. The language behind this language cracks open, and my fo- questions follow suit. Mon- months of medium rare insomnia. Wine makes me confuse elation with clarity. And so I traverse the night market, my purse empty. There goes the moon, hardening on a hot skillet. All that is untouchable as far as the eye can reach. I thought I owned my worries, but here I was only pulled along by the needle of genetics, by my mother's tendency to pry at openings in her life. Calls made from a booth where one pays by the minute. I fail to mention the bite of my mistakes, furnish stories with movement, and no shades of despair. No, I didn't travel here for the lawlessness. I developed an appetite for elsewhere. Beauty, too, can become oppressive if you let it, but that's only if you stay long enough. If you stay long enough, the heat's fingers will touch everything and the imprint will sting. I kept twisting my face in bar bathrooms, in wet markets, in strangers' arms. And the years here, they broke through barriers one by one, in a kind of line. Men and women came and went. The city was dry, and then it wasn't. I knelt to the passing time. Corfu. To the north and to the west, dark tips of Cyprus, Corfu in the slow mouth of July, and this reservoir of fear running low, 
The island has two hard-boiled hills. The bus descends one of them, blaring folk ballads. Houses the color of custard, some burnt. A Greek Orthodox monastery where even female cats can't enter. I've never set foot on this island before, but all day a familiar version of this self insists like a plain sweat stain against my back. Pickpocketed days ago in France, all my dollars and euros gone. Yesterday, I landed in an airport so small I could see from one end to the other. I've grown lean from eating only the past. One line through customs, and the plane impossibly close to the sea. No ceremony in any of it. Displacement. The woman by the soap stand with the low neckline is beside herself. Ecstasy, from the Greek, ecstasis, meaning to stand outside oneself. Estranged. In Kukira, beneath chalky sun, I put down coins for iced coffee and a taste of kumquat liqueur. Her crying jags force me into attention. Pain with solidity displaces. Joy to be sloughed, to be stranger to oneself. These patterns of movement are ancient. Later, in the harbor, the boat guide tells me that long before the debt crisis, fishermen on the island fled into the watery caves to escape their wives. Crumpled rust on boat metal. In order to dock the boat, the fisherman throws all his weight against the line. Fortified The old fortress in Corfu town rests on a promontory, with Albania's mountains legible to the east. In the 16th century, the Venetians dug a moat to protect the fortress from the Turks. Today, there's no sign of disorder, only the white sailboats of the rich moored in the quay like grains of rice. Here I am a face unknown, which swells my appetite for this island. Climb alone to the top to look down on pit-colored, roofed verandas, the olive and the shrub. Doubtless our lives are solitary, but also the inverse. On the bus ride back, we pass a store named Nihal, selling pelts. Hello in all directions. Epistle Eavesdropping on a mother, needling at her mule-brained son. Stopping by the side of the road to examine the dry socket of Adios Georgios. The root of this self-denial is long. All those years, I was spared of seeing myself through myself. Now the stifling days disrobe, distance giving autonomy the arid space to grow. I'll rinse later this afternoon in the sea, then compose lines to you of reasonable length. To say the opening you left is wide enough for me, but I'm stunned to love aloneness. Old wives' tales on which I was fed. The number of rice grains left in your supper bowl foretells how many pockmarks will appear on your lover's face. Sleeping on your back will flatten your head's shape, 
but sleep on your stomach and you'll induce nightmares. Eating the fat inside the crab sharpens the mind, so too with roe extracted from a steamed fish. Never let your feet touch cold water from the bathtub or the sea on days when you're menstruating. Pinch the nose before age six when the cartilage is pliable so the nasal bridge will grow narrow and high. Drift asleep with your hair wet and you'll suffer from decades of migraines. You'll wreck your eyesight poring over pages in low light, but looking at all things green from a distance can coax it back. Solitude Study Times when I think a mind uncluttered with others is the only condition for gentleness, or that memory sticks like cartilage to the meat of those with the most words. Yet I know we can hold more in us than we do because the body is without core. And when I can no longer keep dividing, the odds are in my favor to strike it out alone. Seeing the collars of the city open, I wish for higher meaning and its histrionics to cease. If only the journey between two people didn't take a lifetime. Tsuehitsu. Sunday, awake with this headache. I pull apart the evening with a fork, white clot behind the eyes. Someone once told me, before and after is just another false binary. The warmed over bones of January. I had no passport. Beneath the stove, two mice made a paradise out of a button of peanut butter. Suffering operates by its own logic, its gropings and reversals, ample in ways that are exquisite, and how it leaves, not unlike how it arrives, without clear notice. These days, I've had my fill of Chinatown and its wet markets gutted fish, overcooked chattering, the stench making me look hard at everything. Summer mornings before the heat has moved in. Joy has been buried in me overnight, but builds in the early hours, my attention elastic. The babbling streets of Causeway Bay, out of which the sharp taste of the city emerges. Nothing can stay dry here. The dark cherries of eyes come and go as they please. Let there be no more braiding of words. I want a spare mouth. My father taught me, wherever you are, always be looking for a way out. This opening or that one, or a question. Sharp enough to slice a hole for you to slip through. Long car trips where I sat in the back of our family's used Nissan. The stale odor of plush seats and sun-warmed cola. My parents and my words do not touch. I grow adept at tunneling inward, a habit I have yet to let go of. I am protective of what eyes cannot pry open. The unannounced the infinite places within language to hide. 
A Zen priest once told me that without snagging on a storyline, the body can only take loss for 90 seconds. The physical body has its limits, is what I heard. The imagination can break through them. Boiled peanuts, mother of daybreak, cotton thinning out into thread, dried vomit, ice water from the spigot, the sacred and profane share a border. In the desert, small droppings of unknown origin. Even when I was young, I loved peering at faces in films. The pleasure of watching and of not being watched. Black koi fish open their mouths at the skin of the pond for oxygen. At the edge of the water, I hold two lines from Ikyu in my mouth. Make my way slowly. Nights when I shared a bed in a small room. Another's body to the left, hooked by a heavy dream. Funny, the way we come to understand a place by wanting to escape it. I can shake out the imprint of my body on the sheets each morning. Harder to shake out the mind. When I was four, I ate spoonfuls of powdered milk straight from the canister. The powder was sweet. There wasn't enough money for fresh milk. 700 years ago, Chang Yong Hao wrote, All my life seems like yesterday morning. Alike, yet not quite. After Li Shang Ying. Thin fish bones arranged on the bone plate, a bracelet, blushing after wine and high sun. The Buddhist nun, like a tipped glass, emptying through the mouth. Smell of shadows in both March and October. Solitude and coarse wanting, wedged stubbornly. The railway conductor's face, blank as the underside of a river. Paper gown at the gynecologist's office, onion skin, easy to part. Unhurried, the knife against the vegetable or the meat. Astonishment of being left and of choosing to leave. Lunar New Year, 1988. Doors plastered with red paper cutouts so that the oncoming year passes these houses by. Sweep out the insistent winter. Make what you will out of ritual. The relative with the steadiest hands cuts the hair of her cousins. Grain alcohol in a thimble glass. The wife bleaches out the urine smell from the bathroom tile while suffering the clean cuts of an insult. And the husband? He's out in the yard sucking on his cigarettes and pondering prime numbers. This year, a cluster of buildings in Hefei grew more buildings. Everyone is pleased by a story of plenty. The husband and the brother-in-law remove every item from the refrigerator 
and arranged it all on the old card table for a Kodak photo. It's the first point-and-shoot in the neighborhood. The iron-rich spinach and clementines loose in their skins. One bottle of artificial mango drink for show. How quickly a photograph can erase all labor. It says, we are sated, but the watercress and the pork are unending. Frugality and daily rationing cropped out. The camera neuters the present, so what becomes past cannot breed. Envelopes arrive from a university overseas, a new life activated. The husband will go first. He purchases the family's only suitcase. Already he knows when he boards the plane, this city will appear small, as will his life. His clothing, moreover, will mark him as someone who had to earn his way. Even what hasn't yet cracked into being can at any time exert its pull. The whole neighborhood emerges at dusk. Wakefulness drawn from the redded applause of firecrackers. In the alleyway of my childhood home, you can see I'm covering my ears. At my back, the years ahead, strangely lit. Metamorphosis. Nowhere in those kerosene years could she find a soft-headed match. The wife crosses over an ocean, red-faced and cheerless, trades the pad of a stethoscope for a dining hall spatula. Life is two choices, she thinks. You hatch a life or you pass through one. Photographs of a child swaddled in layers arrive by post. Money doesn't, to her embarrassment. Over time, she grows out her hair. Then she sprouts nerves. The wife was no fool, but neither did she wander. She lives inside a season of thrift, which stretches on. Her sorrow has thickness and a certain sheen. The wife knows to hurry when she washes. When she cooks, she licks spoons slowly. Every night, she made a dish with ground pork, paired with a dish that was fibrous. Naturalization. His tongue shorn, father confuses snacks for snakes, kitchen for chicken. It is 1992. Weekends, we paw at cheap silverware at yard sales. I am told by mother to keep our telephone number close, my beaded coin purse closer. I do this. The years are slow to pass, heavy-footed. Because the visits are frequent, I memorize shame's numbing stench. I nurse nosebleeds, run up and down stairways, chew the wind. Such were the times, all of us nearsighted. Grandmother prays for fortune to keep us around and on a short leash. 
The new country is ill-fitting, lined with cheap polyester, soiled at the sleeves. Lineage. One of the sent-down rusticated youth, Xia Xiang, shuttled to the villages to work a steamed pot of land. Her austere fatigues and chatty pigtails, she learned to grin as the poster girls did, as if treating everyone out. Body doubled over under the basin of the sun. No books, just somatic pain that rings outward. Weak kanji in the mornings. Six girls to a room, where to spend her astonishment, cursed with a short half-life. It was the border of adulthood, those fallow years. Even then, she understood the living, carry on by being fluid. And that there would be a child, and the child's face would sting of her own. Chinatown diptych. The face of Chinatown returns its color, plucked from July's industrial steamer. Dry the cup, so we do. Four noodle shops on East Broadway release their belches collectively. They breed in me a hankering for family life. Here, there's no logic to melons and spring onions exchanging hands, no rhythm to men's briefs closed pinned to the fire escape. Retirees beneath the Manhattan Bridge leak hearsay. The woman in apartment eighteen on Bayard washes her feet in pot of boiled water each evening before bedtime. But every handful of weeks she lapses. I lean into the throat of summer, perched above those streets. With whom I share verbs and adjectives. Faces knotted, bangs softened with grease. The East River pulls along a thread of sun. While Sunday slides in, again in those plain trousers. How the heat has driven off course. How one can make out the clarified vowels of bridges. Who's keeping count of what's given against what's stolen? There's nothing I can't trace back to my coarse immigrant blood. Uncles tipple wine on the streets of Mott and Bayard. Night shifts meet, day shifts in passing. Sweat seasons the body that labors. And in each noodle shop, bowls dusted with salt. Origin story. I was profligate like a floodlight to the sun. Hoarded saccharine and tooth marks, wanted only the thickest rhymes, two of each. Full I was of promises I never intended to keep. Puckered laughter, lines to feast. I let everyone who entered my life enter through me. Demanded nonsense, love, and bodies that would ring. Not to mention higher kilowatts of creeping joy, more red in everything. Captivity. Sleep is a narrow corridor. Even idleness will tire, forcing the mind to burrow into its emptiness. We said untrue things to make the time go faster, 
our teeth bright with holes. Nights, sentences clattered in us until they didn't. I'd forgotten all about humiliation. And yet, another month fattened, tightening at the seams. It wasn't clear if there was an outside world to our outside world. Every few weeks, voices leaked in from the windows. Other times, kernels of rainwater and ice. Private property. Exhaustion slides from the body through the lips first. The invisible are flush with it. They drowse on blue subway seats. Heads bowed, yes, but to what? This island of concrete and glass tied by rough hands. The smell of this body among other bodies. Negatives of another's pleasure. All of us living on loan. Yet only some grasp the arrangement. Those shuttled back and forth, drifting to other far places. Underground, the window is also a mirror. It reflects sleep, chasing bodies back into the borderless empire of the interior. Invisible Relations There are no simple stories, because language forces distances. The day is gummy and without drink, and a question stammers in the mind for weeks. One key a quiver on the piano. In the course of a day, your head will point in all the cardinal directions. It is good to wake and sleep, to scrape jars with spoons. Nights, grape popsicles, sow sugar into your mouth. Police sirens clean the air and the TV burns out. Without your knowing, the unseen borders of your hunger are redrawn. Far off, you are being stitched into a storyline in the smooth lobe of another's mind. Bildungsroman When the gates opened, some of us remained still. Others walked off, with no one to call after them. What a sight it was. You plant an alphabet in your sleep, and wake to acres and acres of radios. Something long shuddered cracked. Faces no longer guileless. We felt time segmenting like lichens, a shade of ourselves quickening. In front of our eyes, the wind whipped its subjects forth in tune with some strange choreography. You could walk into a name for yourself you could walk into a fear of being robbed of your life. Visual Orders Harvest the eyes from the ocular cavities, complete in themselves, a pair of globes with their own meridians. What atrophies without the tending of a gaze? The visible object is constituted by sight. But where to spend one's sight? a soft currency, to be profligate in taking in the outer world is to shortchange the interior one, though this assumes a clean separation, a zero-sum game. 
to draw inclines across the lids, to dip into small pots of pigment, to brush two dozen times, to flush with water and tame with oil, to restrain and to spill in appropriate measure, to drink from the soft and silvery pane, to extract the root of the solitary so as to appear. Describe how the interior looks. Cloak the eyes, close them, and seeing continues. The seductions of seeing ensure that there is that which remains unseen. Evading visibility is its own fortune. If to behold is to possess, to be looked upon is to be fixed in another's sight, static and immutable. She leans toward the mirror for self-study. The body canted. What gets left out? Uneasy depths. The fine lithe needles of the mind. Endless conversation with no listener. Self-consciousness anticipates an excess of seeing. It's incessancy. Lacan writes, I see only from one point, but in my existence, I am looked at from all sides. Gazed upon, I lose union with the large surround, broken from the trance of camouflage. The acquisitive, insatiable eye. A disembodied eye cannot be confined to the skin and to what it holds captive. Inversely, to be unseen against one's will is to be powerless. To be denied a reflection and to be locked out of a self. What persists down the generations? The shape of the eyeball, translated by genes. Mine are long like my mother's and her mother's, who was all but blind. Ancient optic theory dictates that the eye sends out rays, which touches the object of sight. When the visual ray returns to the eye, the image is impressed on the mind. To see, then, was tactile. That we are touchable makes us seen. Sight is bounded by the eyes, making seeing a steady loss. The presence of the unseen is vaster than that which is exhausted by vision. We inhabit this incoherence. Look at how I perform for you. Look at how you perform for me. An eye for an eye is how you and I take on forms in the mind. Her gaze breaks each time at the same place. There is no reversing, didn't she know? She has to go at it from the side. She has to keep circling. Borderless. On the night train, cherries wrapped in newspaper crackle red, 
Shame's Counterpoint The blood beneath my skin and the blood beneath yours wear each other out. February's malice from the window. I spot a fox cutting across the snow. A lone blade. It startled. No, it was chased. Everything is mined. The fox and the cherry, the shame and the blade. Even the mouth of the outer world, sipping gingerly on the broth of us. No animal. Two bucks approach the backyard, snouts grazing the chicory. Where is my oblivion? Here I am, barefoot and shadow cropped on the porch, wrote on the phone. Last summer, I painted the wood I stood on, the color of eggs, thinking the coat would last. This season, a rash of mildew inflames the lowest planks. There go the pair, white tails studying the thicket, emptied of the embarrassment of need. I stay behind. The present tense gets close, but doesn't enter me. Melancholia. The black dog approaches. I pry open the crooked jaw. Inside, a heady odor, elemental. And then, I spin through my life again. How so? Slow and fast, fast and slow. What follows? Time, the oil of it. What direction? Solitude throws me off the scent. And what lies ahead? Even the future recoils, long as it is. What points the finger? All of my eyes' mistakes. And what were they? Level. Inwardly. The lightest realizations arrive in restraint. So the old masters tell us not unlike the tug at the end of a line. We have language for what is within reach, but not the mutable form behind it. Or else, why write? I'm sick of peering at the ego. No, my ego's tired of peering at me. It's she who awakens me into being. So it goes, the seer mistaken for the seen. Square cells. The screens plant bulbs of tension inward, but hit no nerves. River of speechless current. My gaze faces the screen, laps up. Blue-eyed policeman in bloom, and a fat fog fanning out by the inch across cities in eastern China. Refresh for a politician yawning. Wolfish monosyllables. In the bed of pixels, I can make out truth and fiction taking turns, one imitating the other. My window faces stone and glass. My screen faces my face. Today, the clean square cells of the city contain so many faces. 
each brightened by a fear which makes them commonplace.